Hello and welcome to this podcast. My name is JL, I'm your host, and I am going to be taking you through a journey of conversations every single time we upload, ranging from all sorts of topics, as well as some reflections from myself. And I want to encourage you with all of this conversation, everything that comes up, to take it to your community group, whoever you're doing life with, and to have the bigger conversation about it. The aim of this podcast, obviously, is to take topics and things that would necessarily not have all the time in the world to be talked about and actually expand on it. But I'm sure the conversation goes beyond this. So thanks for tuning in. And feel free to get in touch with me if you have any questions, some stuff you want um, highlighted. I'd love to hear from you. And my hope and prayer with this podcast and this conversation is that you would follow Jesus in a deeper way and abide in him now and until forever. That's good coffee. Oh, thank you. I picked it myself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just doing a mic test. Mic test. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, Cool. All right, cookies and cream part two. Cookies and cream part two. Yeah. Hot. And cream. The tighter, older <laughs> version. <laughs> uh, good fun. The fathering project. Fathering project. Um, I've been listening to a fathering podcast. I've been reading a fathering book. Which one? Play the man. Play the man. Mm. I'll let you borrow it. I've just finished it. Please do. And uh, I've been. Well, I've just bought. A book by John Tyson, um, okay. a preacher that I admire, and um, he was mentored by Tim Keller. But he's oh, about yeah. the Pentecostal version of Tim Keller. Well, not uh, necessarily of Tim Keller, but um, uh, yeah, I know what you mean. Like it's kind of a little bit more. Yes, yeah, so he was born in Australia. Yeah, um, saved during the revival, and then he did a bit of um, a massive project research to look at how. Um, formation and discipleship, well, more like initiation for for kids yep. happen around the world, especially men. Yep. Um, and he realized first in Christianity we don't have it necessarily. Like, how do you know you become a man? Yeah. <laughs> and yep. um, in a Western society, we definitely don't have it. And what we have is just like here are some things that what people look like men do. Yep. Um, we, we had a guy when I was at Swan come out and do the exact same thing and talk about that transition between, you know, when, when boys turn 13 in Jewish culture, there is this, okay, you right. become a man. In that's African right. culture, there is, okay, here's this. He was talking about a couple of different uh, tribes in Africa that he went and stayed with. And one of them is you need to go out and you need to walk three days in this northerly direction. That's and one of the things. You need to walk back. Yeah, that's one of the things. to take you. So you should you should arrive back mm. at exactly sunset on this day. This day. So there's no calendar. There's no anything like that. But you walk for three days. So effectively, you set out as soon as the sun rises and you go. And then you should come back and it should be a sun, sunrise. Sorry, it should be sunrise the next day. So effectively, it should be like 72 hours that way, 72 hours this way. And you've yeah. got to navigate that. So you go, okay, here's not one. Now I set a camp and you should put down markers so that you should be reaching those markers. And, mm. like, and what it is, is that as a man, you should be able to 
know the direction you're going in and you should be able to direct yourself to and from home for that and it's kind of like that if you can do that you can then look after your family when you come back there's a wife there's all this sort of stuff and and everything like that there's and he said this this whole thing is like they come back as this teenager but then it's kind of like okay now here's your 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 wife and you know, you start the process of that. So you start Very the process true. of the ceremonial thing. So, you know, she's she's given two years. All right, now this is your husband. For two years, you are to know each other before at 16 or 17 or whatever it is, you then get married and, and all that. But he said there's nothing in Western culture. It's effectively, you know, we have sweet 16 for girls. We might have that. And in this Playing the Man book, he actually does this for his sons, his two sons on their 13th birthday. Right, what do you want to do? Wow. This is your gateway to manhood. So yeah, on your 13th wow. birthday, so for one of his sons, it was kayak, no, uh, white water rafting down these rapids. Like these are dangerous rapids. And like, he's like, I'm in my forties and I've got this 13 year old kid and like, they're <laughs> like this. And he said, we toppled over. We, you know, we had yeah. cut some bruises and we camped for a couple of days in like bear territory. But he said, that's what my son wanted to do. He said, my mm. other son, a little bit less adventurous, wanted to do something else. So he said, we, we do it. But he said, effectively, from the moment they're born to when they turn 13, we save up, we put money aside and whatever they want to do. But so if they want to just do a camping trip, that's yeah. fine. And yeah. we said, we put that money aside. But if one of them wants to go to Paris and they want to do something or they want to go to Machu Picchu or whatever, then we do that. And yeah. he was like, that's their kind of, okay, now I'm passing the baton on to you. On to you. you you've, you've now made a decision. Yeah. So they sit down, they plan it together and all that sort of stuff. And then that's what he said. He goes, it's okay. He gives them the map. Where are we going? Okay, you've you've planned this out. This is not dad planning it out for son. This is now son and dad planning it out together. Yeah. It's it's dad teaching son how do you read a map? How do you do this? How do you dictate that? What do you want to do? Okay, where are we going to set up camp? How, yeah. this here. So he said, I'm trying to instill into my sons about making decisions, That's right. making decisive decisions. And um, he said, you know, so my son goes, oh, do you think we should set up camp here? And he goes, I don't know. Should we? He goes, well, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if like, Lorraine, and he goes, well, there's only one fine to find out. Yeah. If we set up camp here, if you think this is a good spot and it rains and we get flooded out, well, we know that we've made a yeah, mistake. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But he said, that's what it is. It's teaching my sons that mistakes are okay. Yeah. And that's how you learn. Because then next time, that experience that you've had, next time you go camping, oh, no, no, this is near here. There might be rain. We'll, we'll go up here, high ground. And he said, that's how you learn. But he mm. said, in our society now, men are supposed to know everything. Yeah. You know, or know um, nothing. Well, that's like it. Homer Simpson. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like you know, I've I've married into Italian culture, and there is this thing of they need to know everything, and they need to be right, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, there's not a learned kind of Journey. experience and stuff yeah. like that. It's like you know, they 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 impart then then knowledge into everything, but it's but it's not always yeah, yeah. correct. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, like, um, I was even watching. There was an interview with Tim Allen, and he was talking about. Um, how nowadays the man doesn't teach another man. He said there used to be a thing where men were humble enough to go, I don't know this. What's yeah. this? Can you teach me this? Yeah. And he said there is nothing more liberating um, for a man to admit, I don't know. Mm. But he said we've been taught in society that that's a sign of weakness. Yeah. But he said the only way you get stronger is by knowing more, doing more, and feeling more. And that's that's the thing. Like for me, like I think... You know, you and I have talked about this, you know, when we did our youth days and stuff like that. We knew our strengths. Yeah. Organization was not my strength. But if on a Friday night there was a curveball, that was not your strength. But I could sit there and go, okay, we're going to do this. And I can make a decisive decision, split second. Whereas when it came to organizing and we needed a long-term event, I knew that you were the man and I was going to, you know, 
yeah. do whatever we needed to do. And I think that was the thing. We both admitted that the first day. Hey, I'm not good at this. I'm not good at that. But there was a comfort in that. Yeah. I think in society for men, and, and especially now as dads, which is crazy, there needs to be this thing that I don't know. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, I think sometimes there's too much information. Yeah. You know, you you look up how to sleep train your baby or why is my baby doing this? <laughs> why is my baby crying at 3 a.m. every night and all that sort of stuff? And you can go down the, the road where, okay, they've got lymphoma or something like that. Yeah. Or you can go down the road of they're just a baby. That's just what happens. You know, mm. our parents didn't have all these books and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, so they had to work it out the hard way. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's why I think I like this... Uh, this whole idea of getting back to getting back to actually having a pathway so that you can know where you stand. Um, one of the things he talked about in the book and in, during his research is the re reality that this whole rite of passage was actually universal. Mm. And so like every single tribe around the world has one that is not, you know, every single tribe that has not disconnected from their culture root system yep. yeah so western culture obviously we are deconstructing and <laughs> and, and post anything um we're postmodern now so yeah so it's called intentional father so he tried to do what he said he, he says he's tried to get the best of um developmental psychology all these um all this stuff that was pretty um, universal across every single one of yep. these people groups and and bring it under um, biblical theology and all, and actually then take his son through this thing. Because he said, like, we can't have a mentality that says, I'll just send him to a camp or to youth group. And, <laughs> and, school. and because, oh, school, yeah, and or church. Um, and then they'll do my discipleship of my own child for me yep. when I've got them, you know, five six days a week well seven days a week you know and well, and 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 nothing is going to happen then no you know what yeah. like so we we talk about this i mean we're both in a school environment or have been in a school yeah, environment yeah. right yeah. and we've seen the role of teacher and educators has become from being a teacher or an educator to a counselor or a parent or a supervisor or a boss or a you know add in Oh, whatever yeah. job title, whatever it is, you know, whatever you want to go in there, and I think that's that's where we faltered. You know, um, you know, we we can go to the rabbit hole here, and we can talk about, you know, the way society has changed due to uh, gender and the sixty-four million genders there are. Or you mm. can talk about the 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 nature in which we have embraced you know, diversity and all that sort of stuff. And on one hand, it's good. On the other hand, it's actually quite detrimental because it's no longer diverse if it's the same. Mm. You know, if if suddenly everyone starts being the same and dressing the same and being the same and all that sort of stuff, it's like um, there used to be a uh, kind of a, a dress sense and a thing which was indie, you know. Oh, he's just indie. Uh, yeah. You know, and it was short for individual. Yeah. But if everyone's doing it, it's not individual. It's not individual. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's how we've become. It's like, um, I, even in church, right, you can go there and you can pretty much go to any ACC kind of church and stuff like that. They look very similar. They sound very similar. They're playing the same sort of songs. 
the guy that's the lead guitarist is wearing the same jeans. There must have been a like a worship leader. There must have been like a worship leader or a special, you know, on and stuff like that. The shoes, the, on the, Amazon. the, the, the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they saved on shipping by getting it all done at the same time. Um, Come you know on, I mean? preach. <laughs> you know, but like it was, it's 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 that kind of thing where I think as a society we 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 kind of think we look to certain people and we go, okay, I want to be like that. Mm. Um, you know, and I think especially as Christian men, that's the hardest thing. You know, so yeah. as Christian men, we look at at-risk youth and we look at all those sort of things and all that, and we want to be more than what we're supposed to be. Yeah. You know, we, we, we okay, well, well, I need to, I need to do more. I need to, no, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you're actually being detrimental because what happens then is that kid then almost uses you as a crutch and you, you would have seen it, you know, working, you know, where you've done it and stuff like that. Suddenly that kid latches onto you. Yeah. And they then start to dress like you, talk like you, and all that sort of stuff. And in a way, you're, you're flattered, but in the other sense, you're like, kid, I haven't got it all together. Like, mm. if there's a role model you should be following, it's, it's not me. I, I, I'm still trying to work life out myself. Like, yeah. you know, and I think that's like Paul, when he talks about it, he's like, you know, look to me as I look to Jesus. You know, yeah. he's kind of like, I'm, I'm doing the best I can to be like Jesus. So if you are going to look to me, that's fine. But just know that I'm looking to Jesus. Like, yeah. that's, that's where I'm getting my, like, I'm not, trying to be anything else but Jesus. I'm trying to strive more and more to be like Jesus. Yeah. So if you want to look to me, that's fine. Just, but just know my inspiration comes from him. So sure. bypass me and just, just go straight sure. to him. Like, you know what I mean? So good. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I think, yeah, I, I think that's the hardest part, man. Even as a father, you know. Let's talk about fatherhood. <laughs> Why don't we? You know, you're three months. We'll go wherever. You're, you're three <laughs> months. Well, that's what it feels like sometimes. You're three months into the journey. I'm six months into the journey. Yeah. And I think nothing ever, like it's like people say, you know, are you ready to become a father? I think at the time you go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody's ever ready. <laughs> nobody's ready. Do you want to? Absolutely. You know nothing. Yeah. Nobody is oh, ever yeah. ready. You know, I think that's a wrong question to ask. Like, do you, would you like to become a parent? Absolutely. Are you ready? No. No. Yeah. He, here is a human being that you now are in charge of, uh, you have to make sure they're fed, they're dressed, they're sheltered, they're changed, da, 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 and all that sort of stuff. You're in charge, that's it. You're... Is there a manual? No. Nope. Is there kind of a thing? Is there is there an on or off switch? Is there a reset button? Um, if if I'm not really prepared for this, can I bring it back and, and come back <laughs> in three months' time? Is there a cooling off bit? No, this is it. You, you're, you're into it. Contract, man. eh? It's, it's, it's insane, man. Like, but that love that you have for that little yeah. creature is just, yeah. man, he is, like my son is just, like he is, he is yeah. everything. Like he is yeah. just, man, like, like the way he smiles and all that sort of stuff. But at the same time, it's the hardest thing I've ever done. You know, like lack of sleep. Yeah. Um, you know, the inability to kind of rest because you're you're always like, okay. You're always on. even 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 when they finally start to sleep, you know, okay, is he breathing? Is he good? Is you know <laughs> okay, I'm gonna fall asleep. Oh, was that a noise? <laughs> you know, like there's this yeah, it's it's hard, man. Mm. But but it's the best. I love it. I love fatherhood. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, yeah, around the same is that it's been um I mean, marriage changes you. It's what I'm saying to marriage changes you. It's more gradual. Um, it's not as immediate. It's not such a shock to the system. 
um, and it changes you gradually. You change during a marriage, um, and I guess that can sometimes almost be one of those things like like you don't necessarily notice it as much. Whereas with a baby, and I guess that's the thing is that with marriage, it's another independent person. Mm. Whereas with a baby, they are completely dependent on you. And so that changes like a truck hitting you. It brings, <laughs> brings out the best and worst. And yeah, it brings out yeah, the best. No, like there are yeah. times at three o'clock in the morning where they're just not stopping crying yeah. and you're sitting there going, yeah. and you're trying to reason yeah. with like a six-week-old baby who is screaming their head <laughs> off and you're going, please, just be quiet, shh. And you're trying, you're, you're swaying, you're rocking, you're doing yeah. it, but you're sitting there and you're like putting the dummy in their mouth and just take it, just yeah. come on, just yeah. just help me out here. I just need some sleep and, yeah. and all that sort of stuff. And and what you're realizing is that that this this kid, what what this kid needs you to do is just take a breath, be calm. Yeah. And nine times out of ten, once you sort of calm down a little bit and everything like that, they then calm down too. Yeah. They got, but when you're heightened, they're heightened they're too. Heightened, and, yeah. Man, it's hard. It's it's yeah. There's nothing quite like the the the, the insane the insanity of how quickly you have to change, adapt. Um, one of the things that I noticed really early on is that no two days look the same. No two hours. Because let's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be honest. <laughs> because yeah, absolutely. Because. Um, the, the rate of change and development they're mm. going through is in the first little while. It's just so quick. And so you cannot rely on yesterday's baby status to inform today's. No. No, be, because they're like, they're, the rate of change is insane. Yep. Their needs are continually developing and, and, and you're changing in the middle of that as well. Like your, you know, your brain chemistry, how much sleep you have that you used to versus what you have now, the yep. resources, the complexity of how that actually impacts your relationship with your spouse. It's, it's, there's so many dynamics going on there and you're thinking, oh, right. Okay. I got to just like, you know, but, and like there's, there's a reality as well of like, you can't switch off. No. You cannot no. allow yourself to switch off at any point, or even retreat, because that has such a significant. Like before, maybe you could get away with it, you know, for like a week, two weeks. But now it's like, you know what? This is this is it. You're all they've got. Yeah. You're all they've got, and so all this, all the preparation, and you better hope you did some good preparation beforehand in how to serve um, another human being in a way where they will never give back to you. Mm. They will never even, you know, I, I had moments where I would, I would hold my little, uh, my little Samuel and I'd be like, man, you will never remember this moment, but I yeah. will and I'll treasure it for the rest of my life. And it's not about them remembering or them, you know, at some point going, you, you know, don't you care that I did this? Like, no, it, it actually doesn't yeah. matter. It's not about one day that being that or getting anything, but like treasuring that moment for what it is and going, you won't remember this, but I'm right here right now and I'm appreciating it. And How this is my treasure. How quick does life go? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I was sat the other day, uh, yesterday, and I was looking through photos of like, because like, you know, he's six months That's now, what you do now, hey? Six months, six months ago, like this week, 
he was a week old and we yeah. sort of brought him home from the hospital and like we've got photos of like the first night where he's in his bassinet and all that sort of stuff and I'm like this bassinet is like still in the room and I'm looking yeah. at it and I'm like the kid won't even fit in there now and he wouldn't even take up like a third of it like yeah. six months ago Yeah, and I'm looking at this and I'm looking like he's got this darker blacker hair and he's got these like little eyes he's hacked his face up and all this sort of stuff and now like I look at him and he's smiling he's doing like he's rolling yeah. to his tummy he's sort oh, of wow. you know he's starting to slowly inch himself forward and and all that sort of stuff and everything and man it's like man this is just this is just crazy yeah like I, I you know yeah it's the hardest part, I think, for it is is knowing that as a dad, there's only so much you can do. Mm. The mum, especially for mum that's breastfeeding, the baby is literally reliant on that mum. You can't, you can't do anything else. Yeah. So you want to, out of every part of your fibre, let your wife sleep. But you have to do, and we both had wives that had Caesars and stuff like that, but you have to go and do something that you never would have done yeah. when um, they weren't with a baby, wake them up. Yeah. If they're in a deep sleep, you wouldn't dare wake them up. That's, you would be as quiet as, yeah. even if they're using the blow dryer when they get up and you're trying to sleep <laughs> and they're making as much noise. That's now, an like, Sorry, sorry. You know, but now you have to wake them up and you have to go, you now have to perform again. Yeah. You now have to get up and you now have to, on half an hour sleep, mm. Now give out to this baby again. Again, yeah. What can I do? Well, whilst they're feeding, because the feeding time takes so long at that stage because the baby's still learning, there's only so much capacity, you can go and get sleep. Yeah. But you feel guilty going and getting sleep and stuff yeah. like that. But something that I've learned, and, and Mel and I had this conversation, is that, and we'll, we'll know this for next time round, when you're a first-time parent, everything is new. Everything. And if... Yeah. You know, it's it's and it, you look back and you go at three months of age. If I'd known at three days of age, you know what I know now, I probably would have approached things differently. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. But like me getting an hour's sleep while she's feeding, or an hour and a half, or whatever it is, and then I wake up and she can then get an hour and a half sleep, and I hold him, put him down, let him sleep for a couple of hours before the next feed. Mm. That is actually a lot better for us than that. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. Absolutely. The time you share together, it's minimal. It's 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 hardly anything because you're literally with each other anyway, mm. you know. And the the quality time comes very very quickly. But if you're sleep deprived and you're unable to function and all that sort of stuff, you're no good to either of you. Oh, you know what yeah. I mean? Like like Absolutely. right right now, my fault. My focus in that first six to eight weeks when all that sort of stuff was. Making sure Mel had enough sleep, mm -hmm. enough food, enough everything like that. So I would, whatever I needed to do. If I needed to go to the shops at 2 o'clock in the morning, whatever, whatever I needed to do. Whatever. To make sure that she was well rested, well fed and well looked after. So that she could be everything she needed to be to our son. Yeah. yeah. I had to sacrifice. Because yeah. she was sacrificing. Yeah. But she's the one giving out. If, if she's stressed, if she's not rusted, if she's not whatever, then... Everything else is there. She's the mm. one that's feeding him. He's mm. the one that's holding him. She's the one that's nursing him. She's yeah, the one that's yeah. doing that and all that yeah. sort of stuff. Yes, okay, she can't get up and change the nappies because she's not allowed to. Yes, yeah. she can't hold him and carry him and, and settle him. That's on me and stuff like that. But it's like, okay, now you need to sleep. Mm. So if I need to go into another room or you need to go into bed or whatever mm, it may be, yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But that's the problem. Like we've, 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 we've kind of 
you know, you talk to men of other generations, like I talk to, you know, guys at work or whatever it is, that's the woman's job. Why are you getting up in the middle of the night? Yeah. Why are you doing this? I don't see it as a woman's job or a man's job or whatever. I see it as a parent's job. You're a parent, yeah. I'm a parent. Yeah. I am, I don't babysit my child. I am his dad. So if right. Mel needs to go out and all that sort of stuff and all that sort of stuff, I am, oh yeah, Josh is a, you know, uh, you know, Mel has never said, oh, Josh is babysitting Elijah this morning. Mm, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no, I'm not babysitting. Yeah, yeah. I'm not getting paid $15 an hour and get, you know, allowed yeah. to help myself to what is in the fridge, yeah. you know, and, I'll, and then I'll get a ride home later. No, <laughs> I, I'm actually, I'm actually a father. I'm a parent. Yeah. And as you said before, as you're holding your child, he won't remember these moments, but you will. Yeah. And some of the best moments I've had is when Mel's asleep or whatever it is, I'm just holding him and I'm looking down and I'm like, oh, Gosh, I am the luckiest yeah. guy in the world yeah. that, that this, you know, right now, this kid sees no flaw in me. Yeah. This kid sees no flaw in me at all. Yeah. And I'm like, I have so many inadequacies as a man. I have so many inadequacies as a husband. I have so many inadequacies as a father. But right now, this person here, besides my dog, this person here <laughs> sees me as the perfect person. Yeah. And that's huge. Yeah, that's a huge big. responsibility. Pretty big, yeah.